All right, let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get into your word today, Father. We ask you to take myself out of the way. Just let your true message shine through. Open the hearts and minds, Father, so we can receive it today. We ask this in your name, your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right, so, you know, you can see so much of God because you can take, and no matter what's going on, you can go back to the word of God and find his instruction and see how his instruction fits. And this is the number one problem. The source of all the problems that we have going on in the world today is a lack of following instructions. If everyone would just get into this word and follow it, everything that we need to know is there and everything can be resolved from this book. We've been talking about different things. You know, we've had these uh, one-word titled sermons. You know, it's been a, a back-to-basics time during the year of 2020. We've been looking at all these things that we need to do as individuals to strengthen our connection with God, to be able to have our prayers answered, to be able to have our needs met. All these things that seem basic, seem simple, seems like things we should know, but yet we're not doing because we either don't know we should be doing them or we're not following the instructions. We're not, simply just not. And we're going to keep continuing on with that because we need these back to basic situations more than ever. We need our prayers answered. We need to come together in unity and have unified prayers that get answered. But we have things that are working against us. Things like feelings. Things like opinions. Things like a lack of effort. We talked about hard work. We talk about all these different things that we're doing or not doing or getting in our way. And we need to see what God has to say about these things. Now, we've seen one of the movements today that we see that's occupying everything in front of us is what's going on in the world. And we see that there's a lot of people that is voicing their opinions that they're not happy with America. They're not happy with the way things are. Let me back up a minute. Let me ask you a question. Let me, I want to ask you a question. This is one of these participation things. I'm going to give you two choices. I'm going to give you the information for both choices. I want you to think about it, and then you're going to pick a choice based on the information that I give you. Based on the information that I give you. All right, now I know a lot of you are retired and, and, and different things on it, so you can think about whether you had this choice early on in life or you can think about it right now. It doesn't really matter. Well, let's think about this now. If... I was to come to you and offer you a life where you have three meals a day prepared and given to you. You have all your clothes, your basic needs, your toothbrush, your toothpaste, your toilet paper, all these basic things you need. You have a shelter over your head. You're out of the elements. You're out of the rain. You're in a climate-controlled environment. All your basic needs are taken care of. And you don't have to do nothing for it. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to work for it. They're just given to you. That is option one. 
Option two. Option two is, I'm going to give you a strategic partner to help you along the way. But you're going to have to work for everything that you get. You're going to have to put in long hours. You're going to have to dedicate yourself to it. You're going to have to put in a ton of effort. You're going to have to put in schooling and research to be able to better develop your mind, to be able to do the tasks that you have to do. You're going to have to give back. You're going to have to participate. There's going to be a lot of things involved with it. But everything that you accomplish, and the harder you work, the more things to do, the better that you do, you will be able to keep the fruits of your labor. Now, who wants option one? Who wants option two? Now see, option one, millions of people are living that every day. It is called incarceration. And option number two is called capitalism. And the strategic partner that you can have, he's called God. See, we have people that think that we shouldn't have to, to work hard. We have people that think that these people that's made tons of, of money, that on, occupy lots of land and different things like that, that they should be divided up amongst the others. That everything should be equal. What does God have to say about this? See, so many times we have this illusion that to be a follower of God means poverty. We see that we look at someone like a, a preacher, a pastor, and we see someone that shouldn't be successful. That should be barely getting by. In fact, when we have someone that rises above everyone else, that when they are successful in their craft, that they are blessed by the church, that we are, are skeptical. We tend to want to attack them. And we'll see that if you're in that bracket, you come against attack many times. They think you're a fraud, you're a scam, you're a cheat. It's only about the money. But what does God have to say about all this? Does God want us to be held back, pushed down, suppressed? Or does he want us to be successful, prosperous? Genesis 11, or Genesis 12 Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, to a land I will show thee, and I will make thee a great nation. 
And I will bless thee, I will make thy name great, and and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that curses thee. And in thou shalt be all families of the earth be blessed. Pretty bold words. God is painting a grand picture for Abram. He's going to be blessed. What's another word for blessed? Prosperous. To have things on, in abundance. To have things that you wouldn't normally have. To have things of above and beyond. Blessed. Okay, now you might argue with me. Okay, well, this is a, a servant of God. That he had a, a purpose for Abram. That he had a job to do. And by doing so, that is why he's being blessed. Well, folks, I keep telling you over and over again that if he did it for one, he will do it for all because we are what? All equal. We are all sons and daughters of God. We are all equal in his eyes. We are all joint heirs with Jesus. We all have that same power. The only way that we are special is in our own special way. To further make my point, we all have a purpose. We've talked about that too. Funny how all these things keep coming back together. And we see this piece is connected to this piece. And this piece is connected to that piece. And we keep painting a bigger and bigger picture. This jigsaw is coming together and we're starting to see the purpose. We all have a purpose. Some of us is bigger than others. Some of us are more in the spotlight. Some of us are behind the scenes. Some of our jobs seem big. Some of our jobs seem small. But they're all important. We are all part of the body of Christ. We all have a purpose. Now, was it easy? Was it handed to him? Of course not. He had to leave everything that he knowed. He had to get away from what he knowed. Because they were holding him back. He would have been part of the group because this is the way his family thought. They were, they were sun worshippers. They worship idols. They had to get away from that. But that's the way his family thought. That's the way his friends thought. That's the way all of these circles around him thought. That was the norm. And sometimes we have to go against what the groups say and go with what God says because God is what? The truth. Let's look over at another example. Now I was studying this and there was just so many people I could use. So many people I could use the examples of because a strong desire to please God and prosperity and blessings go hand in hand. If we trust in God, if we have faith, if we are obedient and do what he tells us to do, we will be blessed in abundance. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. 
And he went to the king of Gibeon and sacrificed thee, for that was a great high place, a thousand burnt offering to Solomon offer upon the altar. And given the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God asked, What shall I give thee? And Solomon said, Thou hast showed my servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked in, in the truth and the righteousness and the uprightness of the heart with thee, and thou hast kept for him a great kindness, for thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne, and to this day, and now, O Lord my God, thou hast made me a servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go and come in this. And thy servant in the midst of the people which has chosen the great people cannot be numbered and counted for the multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may be discerned between good and bad for what is able to judge thy great a people. And the speech pleased the Lord, and Solomon asked these things. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and thou hast not asked for thyself for long life, neither had asked riches for thyself, nor had asked for the life of thy enemies, thou hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, that there will be none like thee before, neither none like thee after. Thou shalt rise alike unto thee. And I have also given thee which has not asked for both riches and honor, so that there shall be not any one of the kings like thee in all thy days. And now they will walk in my ways and keep my statute, my commandments, as my father David did walk. I will lengthen thy days. Alright, so... I picked this person because there is a lot going on here that we could talk about. First of all, we see blessings being passed down from one generation to the other. We are not just building things up for ourselves. We are not only blessed for ourselves. We are blessed so we can be blessing on to our others. And we see this passed down. And we see David in a situation, we see Solomon in a situation where he is a little bit overwhelmed. How many times in life have we been a little bit overwhelmed? Anytime that we step out in faith, anytime that we are following God, he always gives us just that little bit more, just to push us a little bit, to try our faith, to push our abilities, to make us grow, to make us achieve greatness. And Solomon's here, and he's, he's young, he's inexperienced, and he don't know what to do. But does he? Because he does the one thing and the best thing that he can do. He seeks God. He says, God, how can you help me? He seeks the advisor. He says he seeks the partner that has all the answers, the one that we all have access to. And we look at today, what everything's going on. It's what I want. That's what all these people are going around saying, this is what I want, I want, I want. 
This offends me, so take it down. I don't like the way this looks. Cover it up. This offends me. This makes me feel bad. But not David. Not Solomon. Not Solomon. Not David either. Not Solomon. He wanted something that was beneficial to the people that he served. He was not plagued by the thing that we are all plagued by the day, that thing called selfishness. He wanted to be a grand leader. He wanted to be a great leader, not for his personal greatness, but for the people. And that's what we have to ask ourselves in everything that we do. Do we want to be on top because it feels good? We like the power? When we are looking at the people that we're going to put in the office, are, we, are they there because of what it does for them or what they can do for us? What about the people? We see that God said, because you have asked for this, I am going to give you riches. I am going to give you honor. I am going to give you all of these things. So, God looks at our hearts. And he sees what we are going to do with these things. Do you think God is going to bless you with power if you're going to abuse it? Do you think God is going to bless you with wealth if you're going to abuse it? Now granted, there are people with power and there are people with wealth that abuse it each and every day. But that is not God-given results. See, because we also have this other fellow over here, Satan. Remember him? We talk about him quite a bit that has access to all these things of the world that we are in. And one of the things that is man-made is money. One of these things that is man-made is the illusion of power because there is only one person that has any real power, which is God. Everything else is just an illusion created by Satan. Now, Satan can take these things. He has control over him because he operates in the world. And he can allow people to have these things as well and use them for his purposes. So don't be confused about that. We see that Solomon was given both respect, power, and wealth. So if God did it for him, God is fair, God is just, God treats all of his children equally. How do I know this? The word tells me this. But also, we see lots of bad people in the world. 
And we wonder, why don't God just take them out of the way? Because God is fair and God is just. And each and every one of these people have the opportunity, just as each and every saved individual does, to turn their lives around. They have the opportunity to repent and turn their lives over to God. And some people make it a long time in their lifespan before they do that. But if God just started taking them out of the way every time they did something wrong, look at all of us that we claim salvation and yet we still sin. Where would God draw the line? He is fair. He is just. So if he does it for one, he must do it for all. So if we want these kind of things, we can have them. God is not a genie. He's not a wish granter. What did we see? I'm sure Solomon watched his father, David, in and out. And he seen that relationship that David had with God. He talks about it here. He talks about his faith his sacrifices, and what he did. And we see that Solomon, he made burnt offerings. This is a time when this was a gesture for God. Before we could just go as we do today and just talk to God directly, we had to do these things to show our hearts for God. Solomon spent the time of his life to this point having a heart for God. We go back to Abram. He had to leave everything. He had to take his wife and what he could take with him and go. Just following God. We take David. David the youngest. David the shepherd, out there in the field, tending sheep, working, doing what he was supposed to do. We've seen that he was promised the throne, but yet it took a great deal of time for this to ever happen. And we never see him kicking back, relaxing, telling people what he was going to be. We see him keep doing what he was doing. We've seen him keep developing his heart. We've seen him show mercy. We've seen him do all of these things that are inspirational for not only a great leader, but for a man of God. Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, he made sacrifices for his family. He left. He fled into Egypt. He kept that baby safe. Nothing comes without effort. And that's because 
We need to place that effort. What do we take care of? The things that are precious to us. The things that we work hard for. If we, if we have a house, we do things to keep it up and running, to keep it going. When something's broke, we fix it because it's important to us, but it takes effort. Same thing if we have a car. We do the same thing. We do the, the maintenance. We change the oil. We change the fluids. We fix something when it's broke. We take care of it because it's important to us. It's part of our livelihood. It's part of what we do. We take care of the people in our lives. Anyone that's ever had a, a child, everyone that's been a parent knows that you're going to sacrifice many hours of sleep. You're going to sacrifice many hours of worry. You're going to sacrifice many hours of all kinds of things because they are important to us. The same thing with our spouses. When we start a business, when we work for a company that we enjoy, that is our livelihood, we do a good job for it. We work hard because it's important to us, because it provides for our family. Who makes a better leader? Is it someone that started at the bottom in the most simplest, insignificant job at the very bottom and worked away all the way up to the leader, the manager? Is it someone that just came in off the street because they have a fancy degree or probably know somebody? Who makes a better leader? Who knows more about that company? Who cares more about the people? It's the one that came up through the ranks because they know what it's like to do each and every job. They know what it feels like to be on the bottom as well as on the top. When you start a company and it's nothing more than a God-given ideal and you have to put all the little pieces together, you have to check all the boxes, fill out all the forms, you have to do all the branding and the advertising and the public relations to be able to build something that generates revenue that you can be proud of. Now, which person is going to work harder? The person that started with nothing more than some faith and an idea or the person that had a whole entire package handed to them? Which ones survive and which ones fail? God does everything for a reason, whether he sets it up, whether he allows it to happen, whether he allows us to go through it, whether he prevents it from happening. Everything that God does has a purpose. And sometimes, most of the time, life is so hard, we wonder, how can God allow this to happen? But there is reason for it. And if you can hear my voice today, you're still alive. You still have a purpose. And yes, you have been through many, many things. And guess what? We're going to go through many, many more. And God's still going to be there every step of the way. And each thing that we've gone through, each thing that we have 
had to endure, has made us stronger, has strengthened our faith, has made us better people, has developed our character, has set us up for things for the future. How many times have you went through something bad and when something else comes around, well, it's no big deal anymore because I've already been through that. I've already conquered that one. I already know what that's like. We have to deal with difficult people. You know why? Because more difficult people are on the horizon. There is more coming down the path. We have to deal with death and disease and famine and shortage because it has been since the very beginning. And it will continue to do so. But with God, with understanding, and with faith, we can overcome each and every one of these situations. God is not kicking us down. God is pro providing a way to rise us up. We may fall, but his hand is there to bring us back up. And we may fall because we do it to ourselves, because we're not in the right state of mind, not in the right state of heart, or we may just simply do it because we live in a sinful world and things come against us. Satan does not like us because we are sons and daughters, and he's going to do everything in his power to try to disrail our situation. He wants us to fail. God wants us to succeed. We are in constant battle. Satan is going to make his way seem easy, and in contrast, it's going to seem like God's way is hard. But how many times we looked at something that seemed hard, and once we got into the middle of it, it's like, oh, this is easy. This is smooth. This is the way. And that's the way God is. Work is a part of life. Struggle is a part of life. We cannot just make these things magically go away. There's no person on earth that can just solve these problems. We can't not just sit back and do nothing and suspect to survive. We have this thing called the American Dream. And people have fought for it. We fought wars for it. People have crossed oceans for it. They have battled everything you can think of for this thing called the American Dream. That piece of property, that house, that white picket fence, that 2.5 children. Because that used to be mean something, to be a part of something. Something special. We had people cross the ocean to this brand new world that was unknown. Then when they got to that point, they crossed the country. They settled the West. Search for gold. And it was hard. But it was all worth it because there was something to gain. And we still have something to gain. Our work here on earth is not done. And while we're doing God's work, 
God shows us He is willing to reward us for it. So why are we not doing it? Why are we not showing people how great our God is? Why do we want our success to be all on us? I am proud to give the praise to God because there is nothing that I can do on my own. I cannot stand here and talk to you today without Him. I believe that each and every week He is feeding me what you need to hear. Now granted, somewhere along the way, I'm sure I am butchering it up. This filter is cutting it all to pieces and it's not as grand as I would like it to be. I'm not a public speaker. I'm not a people person, but yet here I am because of God. Everything else that I do is not something that I was ever trained for, that I ever asked for, that I ever thought that I would be doing, but yet here I am because of God. And we all can say the same thing. Each and everything that we do is because of Him. We need to start taking ourselves out of the way. You hear me say that in our prayer before we start our service, before we start the preaching, take myself out of the way. Because cells, bodies, feelings, ideas, emotions are clouding and controlling so much right now. And we need to let God back into control. God back into control. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get into your word today, Father. We know that there is so much that, that you do for us, and we do not praise you or thank you near enough, Father. We know that you are everything, Father, and without you that we are nothing. Father, we ask that you remind us of this. Father, we ask that you etch that into our hearts, Father, that we need you. And we look at the world today, Father, and we see that we need you more than ever, Father. And we ask, Father, that people take heed of this wake-up call. That we can overcome all these selfish things that drive us, Father, and just be driven by you, driven by the truth. To let that fire that is inside each and every one of us burn bright. That decision that we made today, Father, that they'll come to you to turn over their lives, Father, to seek salvation, to seek the blood of Jesus Christ. And for the ones that did it, Father, the ones that are just not if with anymore, that, that fire will burn by it again, Father, that will turn around, that will have a passion again, a passion that was there like it was never there before. We ask your Father that we can just overcome, that we can be an example. And we ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Page 375. Page 375.